leaders, and welcome to the Resilient Leaders Podcast. I'm J.R. Briggs, founder of Kairos Partnerships, an organization that partners with leaders just like you, helping you to overcome challenges that you have in your unique leadership context. We're here to make sure leaders are healthy and have clarity and confidence as they lead. And this podcast is just one of the ways that we equip leaders just like you each and every week. Well, I've been hearing from several of our listeners and even more so from several of our subscribers to our free weekly newsletter called Five Things in Five Minutes. If you haven't heard, we've changed up the format here in 2023. In the past, we've offered five things, one thought, two links, one quote, and one question for reflection on your leadership. But this year, there's been a slight change. I still provide one thought and one link but I've swapped out one of the links to provide one recommendation. This could be a book that I've read, a podcast I've listened to, a video clip, a tool, anything that I've found particularly helpful for me as a, as a leader that I believe would help you. And then, of course, we always still include a quote and a question. And I hope that you find this new format to be helpful. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can do so in 14 seconds simply by going to kairospartnerships.org slash 5T. 5M. It's also listed each and every episode of this podcast in the show notes. This growing community of leaders is finding great value through that resource. So I encourage you to join us in for that fresh content every single week. Bree from Tulsa wrote me recently and said that she subscribes to several weekly newsletters, but five things in five minutes is the only one that she reads every single week. I'm grateful for your words, Bree, and I hope that other leaders are finding the same value as well. You've heard me talk about it, and if you haven't done so, just invest the 14 seconds to subscribe, and it can arrive in your inbox every Tuesday morning. Well, you and I are familiar with the phrase servant leadership, made famous by Robert Greenleaf's classic book by the same title, published a few decades ago. Now, you know, it, it's easy to talk about servant leadership, but if we can be honest for a moment, when we look around, it can be very difficult to find servant leaders today. It's hard to find these leaders because, number one, it's not celebrated in our culture. It doesn't come naturally to us. And it's also hard for us to find servant leaders because they don't want to be in the spotlight. Why? Because they're serving behind the scenes and often doing it when no one is looking. But I believe servant leadership is the posture and vision of what leadership must be. In fact, I believe it's so important. I want to offer up three questions for us to consider here today. How we answer these three questions will determine a great deal about our leadership posture, and it will reveal our motives that we have about leadership. And it may even expose some things in us that may be hard to face, but are extremely necessary. So here are the three questions about servant leadership. Number one, is it better to be a servant who leads or a leader who serves? This is a question that I love asking leaders in various settings when I teach or in coaching contexts. Is it better to be a servant who leads or a leader who serves? Now, I'll, I'll tip my hand and I'll tell you what I think on this. I believe it's much better to be a servant who leads. Why? Because if you have your identity rooted in the fact that you're a leader, what happens when you're no longer in a position of leadership? It messes with your identity. It becomes devastating. However, if you're a servant who leads and you're taken out of a position of leadership to do something else, your identity does not change 
your activity does. You will remain a servant. We might now become a servant who's a plumber or a servant who takes out the trash or a servant who makes delivery runs. For a wide variety of other tasks and responsibilities could be included in that. Regardless, we still remain in our identity as a servant. And while our role, our tasks, and our official titles and responsibilities may change, it is not completely devastating because it doesn't mess with our identity. Now, for you as a leader, your identity is more important than your activity. And your identity shouldn't be in the fact that you are a leader. I'm calling you a leader, and you are, but our identity should not be rooted in that. In fact, your identity should impact your activity, not the other way around. Who you are is more important than what you do. And sadly, many leaders will say this. They'll even say it frequently and with conviction. And yet, who they are ultimately is contingent upon and reliant upon what they do and how well they do it. And this is really difficult for leaders, especially for male leaders. And we run the risk that if we do things really well and we're successful, it can go to our head and we become arrogant. Or if we experience failure and setback, we have a low self-esteem. Now, of course, I've shared before how my faith informs all of my leadership, all of my life, actually. And as a follower of Jesus, I am convinced there has been no greater servant leader in the history of the world than Jesus. In fact, in the Gospel of John, chapter 13, it says that Jesus, with only a handful of hours before his death, met with his followers. And he did something radical. He did something shocking. He took a wash basin and a towel and he knelt down and he washed the dirty, smelly, disgusting feet of his disciples. And in that culture 2,000 years ago, that task was something that only slaves did. Jesus modeled leadership for his followers and said, go and live this way too. His followers were so shocked by the gesture, his main follower, Peter, refused to receive it from his teacher initially. Some of you know that I graduated from Taylor University, a small school in central Indiana, about two decades ago. Now at commencement each year, Taylor continues a tradition by offering a gift to new graduates. The university, of course, gives everyone a diploma, as you would expect at commencement. But after students have received their diploma from the president with a handshake, they walk across to the other end of the platform where they're given a towel. A towel to represent what Jesus did for his followers and told them to go and do likewise. To take up the towel as a Taylor graduate and as a leader is to embrace a life of servant leadership long after graduation for the rest of your life. My towel hangs in my office to this day as a, rem- as a reminder that my goal is not to gain power so as to control other people or try to claw my way to the top of the ladder. Instead, my job is to live following the example of Jesus who served others. Let me say this as clearly as I can. If serving others is below you, then leadership is above you. If you think serving is for somebody else to do, then leadership is also for somebody else to do too. Which leads to another question. If you're to be a servant who leads rather than a leader who serves, what will that require of you? Servant leadership sounds great and fun, and it's the buzzword. It's popular these days, even in the business community. Leaders can talk a great game, but to actually be a servant leader is something entirely different. It was Shane Claiborne who said, everyone wants to change the world, but nobody wants to wash the dishes. 
if we are servant leaders, it will require something of us, and it will be costly at times. To be a servant leader will almost assuredly require, at times, that we give up convenience, position, honor, preference, power, prestige, applause, and yes, maybe even advancement of our career. It will mean that we'll be misunderstood. The people might even take advantage of us. We might not get that promotion. These are difficult things to give up. But the servant leaders that I know have a different scorecard than simply trying to climb the ladder of success. They see it as a race, not to the top, but to the bottom, in order to serve no matter what. They understand that generosity equals success. If the end goal of leadership is to prop ourselves up so that others can admire us and we can gain more power and more attention, then servant leadership is not for us. But if the end goal of leadership is to offer ourselves and invest our lives in a purpose larger than ourselves in order to embody the leadership posture that Jesus modeled so that we can empower and give dignity and worth and value to those we lead, then servant leadership is exactly where we need to be. A leader who serves or a servant who leads, it's not simply nuance. It's not a fun little play on words. It's an entirely different orientation and shift in how we think about leading others. And in a constantly changing world that requires leaders to be resilient, there's no greater posture leaders can take right now than that of a servant. It's not popular, but it is wise. Remember, if serving is below you, then leadership is above you. So leaders, let's bear the towel with every person that we interact with today within a 15-foot radius of us, let's be towel bearers because it's what the world needs. Well, thanks for joining me today on this episode. I continue to be deeply grateful to partner with and link arms with our venerable Resilient Leaders podcast producer, Joel Limbowen, founder and owner of On A Limb Productions, doing great video and podcast work to many leaders and organizations around the country. Leaders be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. And remember, let's pick up the towel because it's more important to be a servant who leads than a leader who serves. 